Hey, and welcome to Epistle, a devotional podcast that goes through the New Testament one book at a time. Hey, everybody, we're kicking off 1 Corinthians chapter 10 today. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on the dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food, and all of them drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happened as a warning to us, so that we would not crave evil things as they did, or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, The people celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. And we must not engage in sexual immorality, as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. Nor should we put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and then died from snake bites. And don't grumble, as some of them did, and then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Paul talks about God's provision and then warnings throughout Israelite history being used as an example to warn us and to give us caution and pause as we consider God's work in our own lives and then our tendency to live in the way that we desire to live. So as Paul points back to historical precedents of God providing for Israel, he's showing them that even in that provision, that they failed to live up to the standard. Israel passed through the Red Sea on dry ground. They were guided through the wilderness under the cloud by the pillar of cloud by day and that pillar of fire by night. God gave them food and water in due course. And it's interesting that Paul makes the connection to the rock that provided the water for the Israelites as being a type or example of Christ providing for us in our most dire need. And even in all of this, God was not pleased with all of them as seen in that tremendous and kind of shocking verse about their bodies being scattered in the wilderness. Um, And this happens because of their continual disobedience and rebellion. And you see examples of that as Paul starts to highlight the different things that they did to stand in opposition to God and what he was doing. From not believing that the promised land was theirs on initial inquiry and investigation, all the way to them indulging in disbelief and sexual immorality and all the like. The opportunity here, as we look at the warnings from Israelite history, as they write that down, I think validates what the Bible says about Israelite history. Because if you were writing a history about yourself, if you were trying to make yourself look good, you wouldn't include all of the times that your ancestors failed. The fact that these are recorded documents and these events actually happened and as they're written down and as they're passed down show us that God's truth comes through these unfortunate circumstances as opportunities for us to learn about not just God's faithfulness, but what happens when we live in disobedience to him. As we see these examples, there's a greater lesson to be conveyed. So Israelites, as they look at their own history, 
we see that God is using that and the Israelites see that this is an opportunity for us to learn about God's ever-present faithfulness to us. Because it's easier to do what we want than it is to follow God. Let's just call it what it is. Our sin is really us living in constant rebellion and living in the fact that we don't actually trust God and we don't believe what he says, at least completely or fully. Because for the Israelites here, it's hard to admit that God knows that you need water when you're in the middle of a desert and there's no water to be seen. It's easy to fall into doubt there. It's hard to trust that God actually cares for you when the world is falling apart around you. Other cautions as we look at these verses show us that we need to beware as well in different capacities when we are dealing with sin. When we are dealing with the opportunity to doubt, when we are dealing with the opportunity to lose faith in who God says he is and what he has done for us, if we think that we're doing well and that we're avoiding sin and temptation, Paul's encouragement for us is to watch out because that is an attitude of pride and arrogance. And the last time we checked, pride and arrogance are sin, when we are dependent on ourselves instead of what God has done for us through Jesus. These are sins. So if we think that we're doing really well, be careful that you don't fall, right? If we also, the other side of this as well, the other caution Paul gives is that if we think that we're alone in temptation, we're not. And I think that's worth pointing out the fact that part of the power of sin is that it isolates us and it makes us think that we're alone and that no one else is struggling with the same sort of thing that we are struggling with. And that is not the case. At the very least, God knows that what we are being tempted with. And the reminder for us in the middle of those temptations is that God remains faithful to us. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you could bear, but in the middle of that temptation, as hard as it is to live according to the way that Jesus would desire us to live, as hard as it may be, there is a way out of that temptation. And one of the ways that he provides that path out of that temptation is through accountability from other people. To allow yourself the opportunity to confess your struggles and your sin to other Christians that we can help support and pray for one another and that we might hold each other accountable in the areas where we may be weak. So one of the ways, again, the invitation is for us to look and find people that might hold us accountable, which leads us to today's takeaway question. Who might that person be? Who do you have in your life right now that you can talk to about your sin? Thanks for listening to Epistle. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram page at E underscore Pistle. You can find all of the episodes for this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.